Hey, I'm Janice. I'm Shakara. And I'm Chantel. And this is the Hey Ma Podcast. 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 Hi, ladies. Hey. Hi. Hi, Chantel. Hi. So I am so glad we have Y. Lori Taylor with us. Um, I'll let her do her own intro and let her know um, and let her fill you in on what she's up to. Uh, But just to give you guys kind of a brief overview, this young lady, and I, I say this like she's done so much for um to only be 21 <clears throat> like <laughs> like we all are <laughs> uh, but she is the uh the vice president of Eaton Body Works um I wish you guys could smell the room right now cuz she brought us some yummy yummy products to try and it smells so amazing um but I want to let you first uh why Lori just tell us a little bit about who you are and what you're up to, and then we'll start talking about your mommy hustle journey. Sure. Well, thanks for having me, ladies. I'm really excited to be here. I am, as she said, a 21-year-old mother. Mm-hmm. I'm a wife first and a mom as well. I have two wonderful children, an 11-year-old bonus child, and a three-and-a-half-year-old going on probably 38 years old. But he's a bundle of joy. He's my Tasmanian devil in the household. <laughs> he believes he can fly, and I, and I support that 100%. Um, I have a wonderful husband. We've been friends for many, many years and managed to, uh, I guess, put a ring on it in the last few years. I am the vice president by day at Eden Body Works, as well as a couple other side hustles under my social media moniker, Brown Girl Marketing. <laughs> cool. Um, so, okay, talk to me a little bit about um, all of the multiple hats that you wear, because I, I think all of us can relate in the fact that we all do a little something extra. I'm currently sitting in my office at my day job um, doing my side job, which right, is right. The, the podcast. Um, but how do you you manage all of that? You have a hectic schedule, a toddler, the bonus child, the side business, the day job. The husband. The husband. The job too, girl. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll talk about that in a second. But <laughs> how do you manage? I, I think... You know, first of all, God gives you strength, right? And there's mm-hmm. nothing in this world that's put on you that you don't have the capabilities to manage or or the power to say no when it comes to your schedule. In our household, we actually have a community calendar, and I call it community because it's everyone mm-hmm. in the house. But coincidentally, it also has to involve the folks who help us with our kids. So that's the sitter, it's the grandparents, so we can understand mm-hmm. what are our options for taking work trips, or doing podcasts on a Wednesday night at seven o'clock. Like who's doing right, work, right. who's doing dinner. Right. So we absolutely have a family calendar or a community calendar. And then for work, I really, really I really have a great team. And we happen to be all black females of shout all out different black girl ages. Magic. Yeah, shout out, That's shout right. out. All different ages, different <laughs> dynamics. And I think we, we can be on the phone as early as 7 a.m. We can be mm-hmm. on the phone sometimes at 11 p.m. when my husband's traveling, right? Because then I'm home, kids are in bed, and I have the ability to do that. Mm-hmm. I think what you have to do is figure out what works best for you mm-hmm. and for your household. Because it's not, it's not just one-sided. It's not monolithic. Right. And you have to say, you know what? This job is flexible. In my opinion, it's flexible, even though I do wear a demanding hat of vice president. I am responsible for you know, managing and overseeing this brand for Jasmine, I also understand that my family plays a key part in my life as well as self-care. 
So I have to also carve out time for myself. And if that means that my lunch date is with myself or a manicure or a pedicure or a massage or even just a, a good Starbucks, caramel yeah. frap is my next, my new thing. But <laughs> I, I think it all depends on, you know, what works for you. And a lot of times as women, we see other women through these glass houses and we think mm-hmm. she's holding on to it so well, but you don't really know what she goes through. You don't really know how her day is set up. You don't know what it takes to be quote unquote successful in her home. My home is not your home. Your home is not mine. My life is not your life. And, and we all have to really do what's best for ourselves. Now, was there a moment where you ever thought you might have to reconsider, you know, having the, the uh, consulting company um, as well as working the full-time job? Like, did you question whether you were going to be able to, to pull both off and be a mom? Sure. I mean, we think about that all the time. So I have a rule. I'm a Leo. My birthday's in August. I do not do any consulting projects in August. So even if we have a year-long contract, it's 11 months, flat out. And I let people know that that month I own, I owe it to myself. I only get one birthday. What's funny is our wedding anniversary is also in August. But that right. month is, it's busy, right? We're back to school. Sometimes we're doing a family trip. And uh-huh. I don't want to have to feel obligated outside uh-huh. of my regular day job to be responsible to someone else's times, timelines and deadlines. So I think from that standpoint, I had to learn how to set boundaries. Having a kid changes everything. Indeed. Especially when yes. you don't have a live-in to help with the management mm-hmm. or the t- caretaking of your children. And, and mm-hmm. I have a son with special needs, so it's a little bit different. It just changes your whole outlook. So you, you don't feel like everything has to be a yes anymore. You learn that, Shonda, forgive me, because The Power of Yes was a great book, but <laughs> you learn the power of no as well. Yeah. Sometimes you just can't do a project. And you'd be very surprised. A lot of the clients who come to me mostly do so through referral. My Instagram, it's strong, but it's not... You know, it's not an influencer level right, Instagram. Right, right. They come to me because they've worked with someone or met someone who said I could help them solve a problem. So I lay out from the beginning to them, this is my this is my situation. Mm-hmm. I will give you 100% of everything I have to give you, but you have to be flexible. And mm-hmm. most times they are, and most people understand it, and, and they get it. I think we're in a society now where we welcome the ability to be flexible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's interesting that you say that because I think part of the flexibility piece is also um, going in expecting it as opposed to asking for permission. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that I'm literally just now learning. Like if you you can set the tone and you have the power to ask and the worst that someone can say is no and you're like, okay, well then, you know, fine, this this is probably not the the project for me or the company Mm -hmm. for me or whatever, but I do agree that um, we've made some strides in that area, even though we have a long way to go. Oh, sure, sure. <laughs> I, I would send emails at 11 o'clock, and if my boss wrote back, I'd write right back. Because yeah. that's what I thought yeah, that I, I was do. expected to do. Because if he saw me emailing, surely he knew I was up. But also the power is you teach people how to treat you and how to interact yeah. with you. And so what yeah. you said is very key. If I send an email or if you text me at 10 o'clock, it's okay that I don't respond until mm-hmm. the next day, even if I see it. Mm-hmm. A lot of times yeah. I'll craft the email, leave it in my drafts, and then 7 a.m. hit send. Right, right. And I think it works, you know, for the, the other way around, too. It's like, you know, I will sometimes let people know that I'm not expecting you to respond. Mm-hmm. If I'm operating in a management capacity, mm-hmm. I try to 
you know, let it know that it works both ways. Mm-hmm. And I think that's when people are willing to kind of work with you a little bit more. But going back to the balance piece, um, I hear this this term uh, tossed around so much and it drives me up a wall <laughs> because I don't think that it exists. But, you know, we, we've talked about this all the time. It, it um, does exist. Shakara and J- it, huh? it, it exists. Not for you. <laughs> <laughs> Really? Work-life balance, <laughs> but but here's but here's here's what I'm saying. It's it's hear me out. Yes, I work crazy hours, and yes, part of that is the nature of the 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 beast in the business that I'm in. We're in client services, so there are sometimes in this world I I don't have the ability to not respond, um, and and it also takes a little bit of finessing and learning, like what's really an emergency, what's not, blah 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 all of that good stuff. But what drives me absolutely up a wall is for me, the word work-life balance just implies that when one is up, the other one is down. And I just, I think that people are always trying to find balance and I don't, I don't know that it's possible. So ironically, the ladies here believe that there is a such thing as work-life balance. I know. Anyone who's They've ever given me the side eye being a computer. <laughs> Anyone who's ever met me knows that I say balance doesn't exist. I, I feel like there's always this tug of war going on for your mm-hmm. time or your energy or your space or whatever it may be. And I don't know that there's ba- balance. Sounds like everything's equal, right? And I just don't think everything's equal. I guess. Thank you. See, it ain't just me. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, um, like, work-life integration is probably like more what works for me, but I guess, you know, I don't know, Every everyone's different, but I always try to, um, I always pose that question to people because I'm just like, you know, I ain't got the answer this way. Clearly I don't, because even if I wasn't doing this, I would still be sitting here at 723. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think, I think my biggest thing is like, I tell Dewan, my husband, look, as long as I'm giving you my hundred percent, this is the best I can do. Like, just give your best. And if it doesn't work, it is what it is. Keep it moving. Like, I'm give, I'm going to give my best. And something is, you know, something may fail, but we'll get up and we'll work at it the next day. Like, I will not stress myself out. Nope. Can't do it. I think the balance comes in. She brought up a good point with marriage in general. You know, today is a little unbalanced, probably from my husband's perspective, right? Mm-hmm. He had to get kids off to school. I left, went to the city. I still haven't been home. He's responsible for dinner, homework, bedtime, bath time. So he may feel a little bit mm-hmm. unbalanced. Mm-hmm. However, again, tomorrow night, we have a date night. So maybe the kids don't feel like there's balance because then we're leaving them or we're going on a date. If I'm traveling for work, I just think it all depends. If you rack it all up and compare it out, maybe the ratio gives you balance, right? Right. But I think at any given time, the support system, whether it's at work, because Mm -hmm. a lot of times as managers, and you probably get this, you guys get this surely, your team helps with your balance. They Mm -hmm. make up for a lot of the slack Mm -hmm. that you're not able to do because you are a wife and a mom, because you have other commitments, because Mm -hmm. you have side businesses that maybe take up some of your time uh, on weekends when there's another work activity and someone else is going. Mm -hmm. I I think the way we, it's perception of balance. I don't feel like my life, any, any particular area is lacking. 
I think it happens in stages. Maybe at some mm-hmm. point I may feel like, oh gosh, we haven't been on a date in months, right? So then I feel like that balance is thrown yeah. off. But then it's sometimes where I'm like, geez, I've been working late nights for the last three weeks. Like I just got to give work a minute. So I, again, it, it ebbs and flows. Let's say that. Can, is that fair? I think that's that's absolutely mm-hmm. fair. And I think that's probably the best way to look at it. I, I guess because it's like, if you take a snapshot of your life, it, depending on the day, what balance even looks like for you could could vary from day to day. So I think that's probably like the best way to look at it. Um, and this was not on the preset list of questions. So, um, but I have to ask this, right? Because I don't know that there's any politically correct way to ask it. So I'm just going to say it. Um, have you ever dealt with a situation where someone on your team felt like because they are helping with picking up the slack in in you know in, in whatever way and I, it, slack is probably not even the the right word because it just implies that someone is just like literally not doing their job but you know because there's right we're supposed to be a team and we're supposed to help have you ever felt like there was a, a moment where someone had some resentment because maybe they don't have kids and they feel like because they don't have kids it's expected that they stay late or expected that they attend this event in lieu of someone else because you know the the moms sort of get not preferential treatment but it's understanding when she can't commit to something but not the same for this other person who doesn't have kids has that ever happened sure that happens in my household i feel like my husband never says my son has a doctor's appointment Mm. to his boss Mm -hmm. he creatively schedules his work work from home day Mm -hmm. on the same day Mm -hmm. versus i'm quick to say austin which is my son austin has a doctor's appointment or madison has a dentist appointment Mm -hmm. so i'm very quick to say it because my family is first not to say that's not the same for my husband Mm -hmm. i think at the job ironically women have a soft spot for women no uh-oh, uh-oh. We got I, I, didn't, I didn't make a face. Um, no. <laughs> I almost want to ask y'all a question. <laughs> we tend to be more understanding of another woman's situation. Mothers uh-huh. tend to be a little bit more empathetic. Mm-hmm. Is that is that fair? Maybe soft heart wasn't the right. Empathetic yeah. to one another's situations. Mm-hmm. Mine is a little different. My son is a 24-weeker. So he had a very traumatic birth. And the experience that we had caused this team to have to step up. <laughs> I heard it. Go pretty yeah. mommy. I'm there with you, girl. Nick yeah. you, Nick yeah. you. <laughs> so I, I, my team had to step up because I couldn't right mm-hmm. then. I just didn't have it in me. Mm-hmm. So when they stepped up, it just showed me that they weren't just my team. They were my sisters. Mm-hmm. And because we're all black women mm-hmm. working in a market for brown, black women, mm-hmm. I think it made us just a little bit more, again, empathetic and understanding. And we really, we really came to bat for one another. And a team knows I'll go to a show and bag up orders and, and talk to customers. Right. Just right. like the event manager and the booth workers and the ambassadors. I'm not right. above that level mm-hmm. because that's part of who we are. We're a team. So right. wherever the weakest link is, and in some instances, if that's me because of my family situation, I suspect and I've tried to cultivate an environment where everyone else is strong to come in and help. So I also recognize the team. A lot of times we don't do enough recognition. 
recognition is key. People mm-hmm. have to feel mm-hmm. you know, like, thank you. That expression of gratitude, it's not just a word. Sometimes it's a little gesture. We're introducing some new collections, obviously. Um, that's what brands do, right? But we're introducing some new collections. The graphic designer and I were on the phone till 1130 one night. The next morning, she mm-hmm. had a $50 Starbucks card. And I said, jumpstart your morning. Because you didn't have to do that. Right. But you did it because right. you wanted to help me shine at a meeting in three days. You didn't have to do that. Yeah. Awesome. You don't owe me anything. I know. Can we all have bosses I'm like this? Saying, <laughs> I don't do it all the time. Yeah, I, didn't do, I don't awesome. do it all the time. <laughs> Y'all hiring I remember them? birthdays. <laughs> I try to remember the things that are important. The things that matter. Right. Like, take your birthday off. I'm not going to call you. I'm not going to text you other than to say happy birthday. Because you only get that one day to celebrate you. I think, again, and motherhood has changed my perspective about a lot of things because of the things that we went through Mm -hmm. with the birth of my son. It's so funny, ladies, before um, we got on... um, Lori (laughs) was talking about how um, one of the uh, the episodes she was like doing some binge listening on the way, and the episode that stuck stuck out to her the most um, was the birthing story one. And now hearing the story, it kind of you know it it makes sense because yeah, like twenty four weeker. Amir's a my son is a twenty seven weeker. Yeah. Oh my God. It's crazy. It's crazy. At twenty four, they don't even really. Try. I was just saying that today. I was like, um, with all of the news about the, you know, the 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 uh, legislation that just they just signed in regards to twenty week abortions and stuff. I'm like, like they literally wouldn't give me a a a, um, a steroid shot until twenty four weeks. Like they, every time I would come in there because it was like touch and go from eighteen weeks. Yeah. Like, Every mm-hmm. time I would come in there, they would look at me like sideways until 24 weeks. Then she was like, hey, I'm saying like, really? You're just not even going to acknowledge my kids? So like, we're not going to have this conversation. That's a whole nother thing we're talking about. <laughs> I'm no, there though. It's, it's, it's a so real true. situation. And it happens. And people think it's just with advanced maternal age, which obviously I fit that bill. 21, right? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. She's 21. <laughs> I mean, but it, it's a real occurrence. Absolutely. Yeah. And every now and then when I post something about a preemie mom or a 24 weeker, whoever's following that hashtag will DM me. And I've had strangers say, I'm sitting here next to my kid and I don't know what to do. And I'm like, just pray. That's it. Some things that's all you can do. If you're not a doctor and you can't personally save your kid's life, you are super dependent upon all of the caretakers in that mm-hmm. hospital. To make the difference. Uh, in addition to I God, that's right. Uh, today, I just posted a picture of my son on Instagram, and his his NICU nurse, po- she commented. I mean, she. I love this woman. She took him. She took care of him so well. Like on the days that I couldn't be there, and I mean, he had a slew of nurses, but she just was the one that just loved him immensely. I would come in, and she was rocking. And she'd be rocking him in the morning. So yeah, sorry about little. Yeah, that's him back there. That's okay. I'm glad we hear him. I'll cut that part out. Right, that's a welcome interruption. No, keep that one in. Okay. Um, I love hearing those stories though, because I think, I mean, obviously we're glad that you know everything worked out well, but you just sometimes need those reminders that Mm -hmm. like it's not that serious. It's not. (laughs) It's so not that serious, and that's why I asked the question because I think that sometimes the reason why some people 
um, you know, do experience or, or like have some resentment towards, you know, the fact that my, you know, the mom on the team mm-hmm. might get to leave at three o'clock to pick up her kid or whatever, because I, I just think that sometimes in the workplace, people don't have enough emphasis on the fact that your employees are not just an employee number. They're not just there to, to, to fill a role. But if you want people to feel like they can stay in this company and grow, you have to put some importance on their life outside of, oh, sure. of these four walls. And so I'm always an advocate of family in general. And if family happens to be for you, your best friend or your sister who's, you know, getting married or having a baby herself or having surgery, like I think allowances just need to be made for people um, to have a life outside of here. And sometimes everything doesn't happen after six o'clock. You know, sometimes those things require that you be engaged or, you know, gone or whatever during normal work hours. It can't be every day, but like, it's got to be some give and take. So that's why I asked that question. <laughs> um, so you actually started alluding to it. Um, and I know you have a, your, your personal model, you say, is be teachable. Sure. Tell us what that means um, for you and how that relates to, to being a mommy. You were talking about what being a mother has taught you already <laughs> about life. So just expound upon that for a minute, if you would. Sure. So be teachable. I tell the team, you should always be learning. I was with a a young lady on our team today, our digital coordinator. And my question to her every single time we meet is, are you still learning? If you're not, you're not growing and Mm -hmm. you shouldn't be here. Mm -hmm. Are you still learning? Not just about yourself, about your profession, about your community, about the world we live in, right? Mm -hmm. It's just an interesting place these days. However, (laughs) I think as a mom, so many things that our kids probably get away with and people will say get away with because life just really isn't that serious. And people who've been through 9-11 now probably have a different perspective, right? Mm-hmm. I moved to New York after that. People who have had children or 24-week type of experiences probably have a different outlook. People who've experienced loss or just even experienced some method of happiness folks who are now having kids who didn't think children was possible mm-hmm. you, you start to reassess the priority and the thoughts that you allow to guide you and i think when you're teachable it means you're open-minded to not only learning but to accepting and to growing and to experiencing so i just think it's 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 about being open question how have you applied your teachable motto in motherhood <laughs> it's a good one my son i'm definitely learning <laughs> he believes he can fly so i'm definitely learning with him interestingly enough my bonus child my daughter she came into my life when she was four she's 11 now so in her instance i learned that girls and boys they really are from mars and venus two totally different kids everything she does is cautious and thought out and everything Austin does is not. He will scoot the basketball hoop. I watched him when they scooted to the edge of the couch and stand on the couch and then try to dunk. <laughs> Where did he get that from? Like, who told him to move the hoop? So I just swore it was my husband. He was like, I did not. But again, I think teachable is, 
I had to give him an opportunity to show me what he was about to do. Now, had I thought he was really going to harm himself, obviously I would have had to stop that as a parent, a responsible parent. But I also think we can learn from our kids too. When I'm having a long day and I'm tired and it's just me and my daughter and my son, maybe my husband is working later, he's traveling for business. She will sometimes say, I've got Austin while I'm in the kitchen. And I'm like, look at her, mommy junior. Mm-hmm. And, and I like that she recognizes to step in and help or mm-hmm. at least to offer it. It shows that she's got some level of compassion. Mm-hmm. So I'm watching those characteristics. I've never asked her to watch our son and I don't expect for her to babysit. It's not her child, it's my child. And every mother feels different. So don't judge me, mommies out mm-hmm. there who have older siblings that keep your kids. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I just don't want that to be her situation. Mm-hmm. But I think also learning respect and trust and responsibility, um, you, you try to teach your kids these things and then you're able to see them manifest as they grow older. So it's nice to see her say, you need some help. It's nice to see her open the door. It's nice to see her respect adults when they come in the room and acknowledge them. Some kids are so into their phones, they never look up. And she knows that when someone walks in the room, you look up, you give them eye contact and say hello. So I think I'm learning through them that some of the things we might be doing right. And I'm also (laughs) learning some growth areas, you know. She doesn't really have chores. And I'm like, so should she have chores? She's going to be 12 and maybe, I don't know. So again, you know, it's all, there's no book for mommyhood. There's no book for being a good wife. There's no book for being a great husband. I know that's right. Well, people keep writing. It's a whole market. (laughs) You know, I'm not trying to knock nobody's hustle, but like sometimes I'm like, is the answer is, is, is not always in a book but um if the book makes you think about your situation and maybe causes you to see it from a different perspective i'm all for it right it could be a part of the secret sauce but it's not the secret sauce so um we talked about um you know you you thinking about as all moms do like am i really going to be able to do this am i going to be able to balance it all and you know kind of keep it all intact and you know keep said child alive. <laughs> um, so what are your tips for moms who feel like maybe, you know, that level of success may not be attainable for them? Timing. So if you had told me that I would start Brown Girl Marketing in the middle of sitting in a hospital next to my son for 10 months while he fought for his life in NICU, I'd have thought you were crazy. Mm. Mm. Also, sometimes you just don't realize where your strength comes from. I know that's right. Why women have intuition and all these other things, I don't mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. But for the moms who, it, so these are cliche statements, right? Make a plan, plan the work, work the plan. Mm-hmm. That's real though. For mothers who do things without schedules and plans, kudos to you. I'm not her. Mm-hmm. So there's those cliches. Timing is everything. It's so true too. Mm-hmm. You're a new mommy and you're exhausted, it's very hard for you to give energy to anything else outside of that baby, yourself, and whatever other needs are in your household, whether it's a mm-hmm. husband, other children, or whatever dynamics mm-hmm. you have there. But that kid will sleep all night eventually. You will actually not have spit up on you. You won't always change diapers. So again, timing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And while you're waiting on those times to come, plan 
Because as tired as you are, you're still thinking about whatever it is that you really want to do. Mm-hmm. The dream. So keep a, I keep a journal. I keep one for work. But I also keep a journal for dreams. And it's not just about dreams. It's about the businesses that either I thought I would start or I still want to start. Mm-hmm. My husband and I talk about. And we, we sometimes have a meeting once a month. And we talk about business where the kids are either outside or they're in their rooms or they're sleeping. We're like from 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. We're going to work on our business. I so, like that. So there are opportunities. Yeah. Think about, and again, that goes to timing, right? Because mm-hmm. that's when the house is quiet. It's just T and I, and we can mm-hmm. take care of those things. Or when the kids are at the grandparents for the weekends, we go to IHOP and we have a business meeting. I love that. I love that because it's like, you know, it, it's both things, right? It's like one, things happen in their own time. But two, it's just being conscious of how you use the few precious moments that you do get to yourself. Oh, sure. a mile, and just making them um, be the most productive. Some women write well in the bathtub. It's not me. I prefer showers. But some people really can have a good soap. You get those moments in the tub and... And I say to people all the time, record your thoughts sometimes. Pull out your phone and put it in your notes. Send yourself an email. I so do that, though. Like, I jump out the shower and write something (laughs) down. Because I know if I wait until after, I'm like, it's not going to flow the exact same way that I had it in my head. And then I won't be able to remember it. So I just, like, put it in my notes real quick and then jump back in the shower. It's weird, but it works. It works. I get those brains. I don't know. Why why do do things come to us in the shower? I've tried to figure that out. Either in the shower or the notebook by my on my nightstand. I have to write things down because mommy brain is not going away for me. I don't know when it went away for you guys, but it's not happening. It hasn't. It hasn't. Okay. Nope. It doesn't. <laughs> mommy brain is real. Five five minutes ago. What was I going to say? Oh, I'm next. <laughs> but those are also like I think sometimes key indicators when you need to take a break. Sure. Because I started. I was having conversations with people like two weeks ago. And like they will be talking to me and it will be like a good like 30 seconds will, will pass. And I'm like, I have no concept of what we just said. <laughs> like I'm literally walking away from a meeting and I'm like, I don't know what just happened. Like clearly I didn't say anything too crazy because this person just walked away like, oh, OK, like I made sense. But I don't remember what we discussed. That's not normal. So I was like, yeah, it's time to take a. Take a breather. We don't like, do that can't that. be right. We don't do enough of that. What? The check-in? I, it's funny. I I don't have mommy guilt when I'm away from my kids or away from my husband. In fact, I kind of relish a night in a hotel. Mm-hmm. Me neither. <laughs> yep. And it's weird because at some point I thought I was going to, I remember the first time I took a business trip, I was like, wait, I don't feel guilty. This feels great. I get to eat what I want. Nobody gets to pick dinner. Nobody's saying, oh, I don't want this. I, what are you making? I don't, what time is dinner going to be ready? Um, nobody's saying, mama, mama, tea, tea, iPad. <laughs> so I was like, this mm-hmm. is great. Like, I should have mm-hmm. stayed two nights. Thing going mm-hmm. home. And it's funny because I had to say to my husband, because for a while I would only do day trips. Like, I would not spend the night because I was like, our son needs mm-hmm. me. And I was like, wait, I married this amazing man who was already a great father. And I got the bonus of that, knowing that before I married him. So let's put it to the test. And then I was like, "Usa." And it wasn't that I felt guilty. I just felt like I should probably just go back home because it makes everybody's life easier. And I was like, wait, 
I'm happy over here too. And I'm a better person. Right, actually. when I come back. <laughs> it's funny. It's like I literally went to um, this last trip that I just came back from. Um, I literally went to the Target aisle and I was like, I'm going to bring myself yes. the little travel candle. <laughs> I bought myself a little miniature notebook and I'm like, I'm going to make the best out of these 48 hours in old boring ass Minneapolis because ain't nothing to do. <laughs> and even if it was something to do, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do anything that requires real pants and requires me to leave this hotel room until it's time for this presentation. Mm-hmm. And it was like, it was perfect because I'm like, one, it was like actually a lot of work, like getting prepared for that. But then after that was done, because we had started, you know, working relatively early on it, um, you know, there was time to like actually like journal. Mm-hmm. Read a scripture, read light a candle, and not read worry about if some three year old <laughs> gonna accidentally, you know, trip and burn the house down because <laughs> you were burning a candle. So it's just like, like all of these things, and it's so funny because I I do this like all the time, like every work trip, every lunch, every dinner. I'm like, I have a glass of wine, please. I have a glass of wine, please. And I'm like, I don't care if I'm ex- like overextending or like over my minimum. I will gladly pay for it because it's like <laughs> the only time that I get to be like somewhat normal if the client is not present. Now, if the client is present, then that's a whole nother deal. But I'm like, I will make the best out of whatever is available. I'm going to make it like it's a, it's a five course meal because it's the only time I get to be alone. And what's funny is, you probably did that a lot when you were single. It wasn't even a thought. No. No? No, 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 but exactly, no. I'm, I'm agreeing. Like, no, it wasn't a thought at all. It was right. like, this is what you do. You just did it. Like, I don't feel like cooking tonight, so I'm going to go to the spot on the, <laughs> literally, that was called the spot in Brooklyn. I missed that place. Um, but, you know, like, that's where your, that was, like, our cheers. And, mm-hmm. like, yeah, I feel like I'm going to sit at the bar. I'll probably run into some people I know, mm-hmm. have my meal, have my wine. And now it's, like, I can't remember the last time I did that. And it didn't involve me being away on a business trip. So do it more. Yeah, yeah. Yep. You don't even need permission. Okay, I, w- I want to go back just a little bit because I, w- I didn't know if I heard you correctly. Did you say that you started Brown Girl Marketing while you were in the NICU? <laughs> so let me tell you, Brown Girl Marketing was just some social moniker. And it wasn't even a social moniker. I came up with it when I first got into the beauty industry. And it really was, I'm a brown girl who knows marketing. But then the irony was I became a brown girl who knew mark who knew, excuse me, who knows marketing and then got to actually do marketing for brown girls. So mm-hmm. you talk about full circle. Like mm-hmm. wonderful experience, dream job, that was me. And so I kept it. And then in the world, Twitter came along. So then I had this cool social moniker and Facebook and Instagram now. So really, it was birthed out of just me saying, if you can't pronounce my name, then at least you'll remember me as this brown girl who knows marketing to brown women in the beauty industry. So fast forward, when I was sitting in the NICU, I started thinking about what if you can't be a full-time vice president at Human Body Works. So that is how Brown Girl Marketing started saying, you know what, I could could go back into entrepreneurship. I did it before. I could do it again. It's flexible. It's income generating. 
And I think I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so I think it, you do. <laughs> I sat in the NICU and I journaled about my son. But in order for me to get out of that moment in somewhat of a little bit of a depression because of his situation, mm-hmm. in order for me to get out of that moment, I had to start planning what life looked like outside of NICU. Mm-hmm. And what it looked like for me and what it looked like for our family. Um, so we're a two-income household. doesn't mean we couldn't make some sacrifices and live off of one, but we're comfortable with two. And I wanted to still be a contributor. He was mm-hmm. leading the way, but I wanted to be a contributor. And some mothers can stay at home all day with their kids. That's not, that's not me. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with it because it's a hard job. And the days I do it, I love it. But I also realize I can't do it every day. Mm-hmm. It's not me either, so don't feel bad. <laughs> Girl, don't feel we bad. all nodding in agreement. Like, me. yeah, nah, kid. I applaud I the, the women who do it, but it is so not me. And I knew that I loved helping other businesses. It's what I enjoy about helping build Eden Body Works, as well as other brands and clients that I work with. And I said, you know what? Let me just tap into some people and say, if you need some help, I'm here. Let people know I'm ready to to help other brands. So I started saying, what is it that you want to do? Because, you know, when you're starting your own thing, you get to pick and choose. Mm -hmm. So maybe I don't like this aspect of marketing or maybe I'm stronger here. So -hmm. that's what I really did was hone in on what what would make Brown Girl beneficial to others as well as I enjoy doing it. Because if it feels like a job and work, it's not the same as doing your passions every day so okay so you talked about brown girl marketing like what do you think is is next for you either with with eaton and you know with this this other platform and company that you've built i think of business with my husband and it's interesting because i'm saying that so slowly (laughs) (laughs) you seem like do i really want to do this i'm still there (laughs) i'm still on are you sure girl (laughs) And I say that because, and I'll, I, I can say this because I, I'm not saying anything that we haven't talked about. And my husband and I have a very jovial relationship as well. Mm-hmm. I'm, I have to remind him, we both are bosses. <laughs> so mm-hmm. in a business, that may not be our situation. And I had to remind him almost 12 months ago when we started talking about it, we realized we weren't ready to talk about it then. I was like, we aren't here on this business thing. I was like, I'm not your secretary. Like, boom, mm. I'm past that. Not that I can't be for our business, but it can't be my permanent situation in our business. Mm-hmm. He was like, so where are we? Let's outline it. I was like, hold up. Wait, what? Where's your outline? <laughs> Wait, what? I got my notes. Where's yours, so, sir? <laughs> and, and, and it's funny because, so Curlbox Awards honored me this summer. Shout out to my league. She's not only oh, a great her. friend in the industry, but she's a personal friend. Mm-hmm. Um, through the industry, we became friends. Mm-hmm. And she honored me this summer and, and extended an invite to my husband mm-hmm. directly because she obviously knows our family and our situations and stuff. Mm-hmm. I think that opened his eyes to the capabilities of his wife professionally. He knows mm-hmm. what kind of partner I am in the home, and mm-hmm. he's seen the accolades professionally. But to sit in a room with brand owners and people of that magnitude and to see how they felt about his wife changed his mentality. So now when we talk about business, 
it's an equal business conversation. But mm. I honestly think he originally was thinking he was my superior in business. And I was like, boo, I rode up through the ranks just like you. Mm. And so, again, that goes back <laughs> to timing, right? Because mm-hmm. I said we weren't ready to have that conversation before. I think now our conversation is a different conversation. So I think we will have a business together. We are actively thinking about that and talking about it consistently. Will it be in beauty? Possibly. Very strong possibility, mm-hmm. just because beauty is, is burgeoning right now, right? And that black girl magic is real. And so I always feel like if you're gonna seize an opportunity, then do right. it on something that's right. hot, right? right. Um, but I think I think stay tuned. I'd love to turn Brown Girl Marketing into a full-fledged agency. I've made some commitments personally in our personal life that I would not overcommit myself. Um, I give my son, he's he's got some challenges of his own, chance to overcome those. Mm-hmm. And I have some thoughts in my head about when I think God is going to do that. Now, whether or not he meets those timelines, I don't know. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, God works on his own, right? And I have to just go with that. Did you know you were, that um, you were having your son early or was it a surprise to you? No, I had what I consider a perfect pregnancy until one Friday I didn't feel good. I was laying down. Saturday, I was walking around the block and my father-in-law's and my back hurt and I didn't know I was having contractions. They didn't, oh, in my mental, they didn't yeah. hurt like I thought they should hurt because women would be like, oh, it's unbelievable pain and everything you see on TV, people are screaming. And I didn't read a single book, which was so crazy because I had Latham's book. People had gifted me so many books. And in my mind, I was like, oh, I'm going to start reading these over Thanksgiving and Christmas because right. that's when my world slows down from work. And I had started a little bit of the books, but maybe I was on like month two and I was like, oh, did I feel that? Did I? And I was journaling my pregnancy. And in my head, I was like, you should have been reading it at month five. You would have known like this is not normal. But I didn't. Yeah. Literally Friday, I didn't feel good. Saturday was walking, was obviously in labor, didn't realize it, um, was laying down, got up to use the restroom, blood everywhere. Husband carried me to the emergency room and I never went home. Oh, wow. Wow. So very, very scary. Um, obviously, he had been through it before, so he knew something immediately was wrong. And, and I think to some sense, he felt like even when I was walking around the block and I kept saying, my back hurts, my back hurts. I think he felt like he should have known. And I kept saying to him, but why would you even know something? Why would you suspect right. something at, you know, 23 weeks? I was in the hospital for a week. I had to get to 24. So, of course, I could do the steroid mm-hmm. shots. So my son was born 24 weeks, three days. Wow. But it was like, I didn't expect for him to know that. And I didn't feel bad. And, wow. and my, my family's not local. My husband waited. It took my mom four days to get there. Mm. Um, and I don't know if she just didn't understand the magnitude because mm-hmm. he was communicating. And I, I never talked on the phone to anybody. In fact, I didn't utter hardly a word after my son was born for months to anyone other than my husband. Yeah. Is that emotional toll, or you just, yeah, you just I have couldn't a, have the same conversation ten times? Explain what's going on. Literally, they had the Sorry, hospital guys. psychiatrist come and sit by the bed with me almost every day, and I would just write on a piece of paper to her, "I'm not crazy. I just don't want to talk." And I was like, I was on mute. That was my. That's what I tell everyone. I was on mute. So that's everyone crazy. processes differently. Um, I was on mute, and one day my cousin called and she said, "I know you don't want to talk." 
So just listen. And she said, no fear, only faith. And to this day, I'm like, I'm going to get a shirt. And I still don't have a shirt that says that. But that saying is so real in so many aspects of life. But that mm -hmm. one statement changed my entire perspective about if my son would survive or not. No fear, only faith. Wow, that's a perfect ending to an awesome podcast. Just perfect. You you're not gonna have me crying. I know, because I'm like, just sitting over here like that is like mm -hmm. put mm -hmm. so many things in perspective. Look out for my book called The First 100 Days. Absolutely. The first, see? Now, where was that answer when we asked you what was next? Because I, I don't really. <laughs>